you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Hey guys, uh, man, we had a fun time in Guatemala this last week, and I missed many of you guys, and uh, rumor has it, some of the team is already putting together um, plans to go back as soon as possible. So if you saw photos or heard stories that are pretty epic, uh, you're welcome to join us. And uh, that would be pretty wonderful. We are in week three of a series that we're calling This is the Way. Super glad that last week uh, Lacey stepped up and knocked out of the park. Love you, Lace. And uh, we're super thankful for the years of time spent with God that comes from a place of knowing Him uh, so that you can, in a moment's notice, in a late night, uh, step up to the plate and uh, do some cool things. Uh, anyways, week three, this is the way. Uh, well, this is a series that we do often, and it's a little spinoff of uh, The Mandalorian. There's a hit Disney show called The Mandalorian. I don't know if you may have seen the Baby Yoda things that they're selling in the stores, but uh, we're, we, they have a statement on there called This is the Way, and it's basically uh, his code that he lives by. And, uh, and this is ours. This is the way. And uh, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This is, this is uh, what we believe is the vision of our church, uh, and we want you to know God. We think that that's uh, probably the most important thing that you can do in life is learn to know him, and it will take a lifetime to really understand who he is, and, and, and uh, but there are moments where you can encounter him, and it just, man, it, you can learn so much about his love and, and his mercy and his grace. Last week, we talked about freedom, and I pray that that calls out to you. There are so many believers that I know, that I am friends with, that settle for bondage, that settle for less than what God called, he, you were bought with a price, and uh, you were paid for to be redeemed and to be set free. Don't live in anything that is close to bondage, shame, or any kind of identity that is less than what God called you to be. This week, we want to talk about discovering your purpose. This is really all within the Great Commission that we would go and make disciples, teach them to obey all the things that Christ command it and send them out to go heal the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead. There's so many things that Christ has called us to do, but it comes with an identity. It comes with a character. It comes with, and so learning how to discover the call of God on your life, it'll take a lifetime. For some, discovering who we are and discovering what we're called to do is a difficult question. I can remember so many times, sitting on the beach, looking at the waves, scratching my head, saying, Lord, what are you calling me to do? Looking at the stars and the endless possibilities, knowing that there is a glorious creator, and he made me. And God, what is my purpose? What do you want to do with my life? Moments like college kids have to, you know, knowing that they've, they're 18 and they got to go off to school or, or when you graduate or when a job closes or when a relationship closes. God, what's next? What is my purpose? And it's super important for that. I hope you know 
that you can do it your way or you can do it his way, but his way is so much better and more fulfilling. But there is a call of God on your life. I want to take you to a couple uh, just cool statements that I heard this week. Each one of us is born for a purpose. We want to live our lives to matter. And I don't think it's unique to only some of us. It's a longing that every human being has. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And uh, homegirl Ellen DeGeneres said it this way, I believe that we're all put on this planet for a purpose, and we all have a different purpose. I believe that. I believe that we were all put on this purpose for a reason. And that is very unique and different than the next person. And because she said it that way, I thought about what C.S. Lewis said. For all y'all C.S. Lewis lovers, we have a connect group on Wednesday nights that's going through some C.S. Lewis material right now. It's quite wonderful. And he said it this way, if someone else made me for his own purpose, then I shall have a lot of duties which I should not have had if I simply belonged to myself. Think about it this way. If you were created for the Lord, by the Lord, and your life isn't on your own, there are tasks that he's given out to you. Have you discovered those responsibilities, those callings, those duties, those assignments? Do you know what is your current purpose in life? I think when you know your assignment and your, in your, in your calling, you move with purpose. You move uh, with haste. You move quickly. I, I am on to something. I know what God wants me to do, and I got to do it. I got to do it right. I got to do it great. And we're going to do it with the anointing on, uh, of the Lord on our lives. Does this make sense? I'm going to take you to three stories in Scripture this morning, and I'm hoping to get through them rather quickly. Uh, but you know how that goes. Uh, I am a spirit-filled preacher. Amen. Come on. All right. So can you all go with me to John chapter 1? And uh, we're going to start off in verse 43. Would you stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word? This is just the first story, but it's quite beautiful. Discovering your purpose can take a lifetime, man. God, what do you want to do with me? And I want you to know that if you're still here, and you fulfilled the last assignment. You're not done yet. If you're, if you're not dead, you're not done. Watch this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, they exclaimed, Exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything really good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. So Philip and Nathaniel, as they approached Jesus, Jesus said, Here is a genuine son of Israel, a man complete of integrity. Now that would give me chills if the Lord would say that of me. How do you know me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before, uh, before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this? Because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree. You will see 
greater things than this. And he said to him, I tell you the truth, that you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down the Son of Man and the one, uh, and the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. That's quite remarkable. Lord Jesus, would you help today? Amen. Amen. We still have a little jet lag from Guatemala, so Lord, uh, would you be with me? Hey, um, Jesus looked at Philip and said, come follow me. And instantly Philip finds another follower. I love this. It's like it didn't waste long for Philip to catch his assignment. I got to bring other people to Jesus. In this story, what I love that I need you to know that the Lord knows who you are. He knows where you are. He looks at Philip or at Nathaniel and he says, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man with complete integrity. I want you to know that the Lord knows who you are. He knows where you are and he knows what's going on inside of you. Some of you are waiting for your assignment. You're just like, God, if you could ever, you know, and I, I want you to know he knows the questions. He knows the heartache. He knows the scars. He knows the concerns. He knows the frustrations. He knows the dreams and the ambitions and the goals. He knows the desires. He knows who you are before you knew who you were. And what I love is that he's calling someone to follow him that doesn't yet know him. And I think about all the disciples that he called, when he called the way he called Peter, the way he called Judas. He knew all of them before they knew who they were. And he looked at Nathaniel and, and saw him. I wonder what the Lord sees when he looks at you. There's this psychology uh, thing that they teach that we love to uh, talk about here within some of the groups at church called the Jahari window. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. But it's the way people view themselves and view others and others view each other. There's these four boxes and it comes with this concept that there's, there's so much that only you know about you that others can't possibly know about you. There is some things about you that you know about you and everyone knows about you. There are some things that others know about you that you simply don't know about you. And there are some things that you don't know about you and others don't know about you. But only the Lord knows about you. And I want you to know as I talk about your purpose, I've come to learn in a pursuit of the Lord that I had so many questions about my life and what God would do with me. And all of that was fulfilled when I came to Christ and began to know Him and began to experience the power of God and the glory of God and the cleansing of God and the washing of God. And I began to know, God, I was made and designed solely for you. God, please make a difference in me. Use me, God. And I think about some of the scriptures that I learned that he would, Jesus would say uh, over the masses in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7 as he would do what is known as the greatest sermon on earth. And, and he, would, he would say to, to the masses, Matthew 5, 13, he said, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can salt become salty again? The purpose of him telling them that they're, that they're salt, he's really trying to say, you guys are the preservation of earth. 
if you lose your anointing or your glory or the anointing or the holiness, corruption is going to, mankind will just decompose. And he's trying to say, you guys got to know that it's your integrity, Israel, as he's talking to the Israelis, right? The Israelites, as he's talking to the people of Israel, he's trying to, he's not, he's not saying this to one person. He's saying, you are the salt of the earth. And I, what I've come to really value in my life is that before you can really begin to understand your purpose, you have to know who you are. This is a hammer. I've seen hammers used for many things. Its greatest purpose is for hammering. I don't know if you know this. Uh, it's also hammers nails, and it also pulls nails out. I have seen some women, men, uh, people... Um, <laughs> use these types of things as uh, paint scrapers. That's not what it was designed for. Probably could be used for this. But it's important to know hammers are best when they're used for what it was intended to do. It was designed by somebody to hammer and to pull, to extract, right? Some people have used, I've literally seen this used by some folks as a screwdriver. Um, And while it can work as a screwdriver, it's important to know you have a purpose. And it's awful when you were designed for something that you're simply not doing. What is it that the Lord designed you to do? I want to dig this Harder and harder, if you would, this is the trip to the beach, or this is the trip out into the desert, where you can see all the stars, and it's your moment to recognize that God made a lot of wonderful things for one specific purpose, to declare the glory of God. Why did he make you, and are you fulfilling the assignment on your life? There's another story in Scripture that I wanted to take you to that I love so much, man. And um, this is in Luke chapter 5. This is a good one, man. And a convicting one at that. Luke chapter 5, this is Jesus, and he's about to, to to teach another multitude. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore in the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge and the fishermen that had left them and were washing their nets. He stepped into one of the boats, and Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Are you with me? Guy's done fishing, washing up his gear. Jesus gets in the boat and says, hey, man, I need, to, I need to use your boat for a little bit. Sure, let's go. So he's teaching from the boat uh, to the people on the shore. He's using natural. Jesus is just smarter than most people. He's using acoustics at its best. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. 
He's literally ruining the nets because the cast is so good. A shout for help brought their partners uh, in from the other boats. And as soon as both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking, I love this. And I want you to know that I identify with this. I've seen God move in my life in such great ways that it's terrifying to me in my own life. And I can't contain it. Sometimes it's actually scary. Like, God, I don't have enough room in this season to do all the things that you're calling me to do because of your greatness. And you just got to obey. Now check this out. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught and the others with him. Uh, and as were the others with him, his partners, James and John, and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus is freaking everyone out with how great of a cast this was. And what I love is that these men knew what they were good at. They knew what their assignment was. They had been doing it day in and day out and day in and day out. And they did it all day and they did it all night and they didn't do it very well. And what I know is that in our lives, many of us know our assignment. I'm talking here by the anointing of the Lord. Some of you know your assignment. I know what I'm good at. I've been doing it for years. 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 And what I have learned about the American church is that sometimes we get so good at doing something or so stuck on doing something that we don't know how to change. You got to know how to be led by the Spirit. It's hard. Change is hard, guys. I've been doing this all night, Lord. Okay, now will you do it my way? And so they went and they did this and they were amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid, but from now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Let me ask you something. When you just, I'm sorry, let me say something and then I'll ask you something. When you just, the way you discover your calling is going to look different than the way I've discovered mine. It's going to look different than the way the next person is, but it's going to take pursuit. You're going to have to obey the Lord in some things. And ultimately, the Lord cares more about you being with him than he does you going for him. He doesn't need us to go win the world if, if he loses us in the process. He loves you. And so really what is most important is that we learn to pursue God in our life and in surrender, God, you can direct us. But I wonder, could you give it all up, everything in your life, and follow Jesus? Could you lay it all down? Could you, could you let the house go? Could you let the car go? Could you let your pride go? Could you, could you be wrong? What would you give to honor the Lord and fulfill the assignment that he has on your life? From now on, you won't be fishing for fish. You'll be fishing for people because you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of mankind. Do you know your assignment and are you fulfilling it? Because, man, it's easy to go through the motions, you know? It's like 
Sometimes you can, you can just go to work. Sometimes you can just make dinner. Sometimes you can just go to church. But there's something to be said about knowing your assignment and doing it right. Does that make sense? I'm going to read one more story to you here. Nope. I want to show you a video of our Guatemala trip. We went this week, and uh, we made a little video for you that we wanted you to see, and it was just super fun. 18 of us went, answered the call of God, and 18 of them all did things that they've never done before that they didn't really feel comfortable doing. And uh, many of them had to speak, pray, uh, build, some of I mean, my, my, I, yeah, I, I could tell you about it forever. Let me show you the video. show you that video because I'm so proud of so many people in our church community and the the way that they had to overcome all the internal insecurities this week. One, I don't have enough funds to go. You're right. It's like having a kid or getting married or anything. You're never going to have enough resources to answer the call of God in your life. You're going to have to just go with what you got, say yes, and figure out how it works out from there. You think Moses had the resources to part the Red Sea? No, you just got to obey Jesus. And these people went knowing that I don't know how to pray for the sick. And we threw them right into some situations where they had no other option, man. None of these kids knew how to lay block. 
or build a shower or lay tile. Or the, and we just went and did. We didn't even know how to speak Spanish. Many people come back speaking Spanish. It was wonderful to see people answer the call of God. I remember when one of the things that the Lord had said to me years ago, uh, I had just gotten saved, and there was a missionary that come to church one night, and he called me out in a row. I was sitting down the end uh, in the last row on the left-hand side, right about where my friend Isaac is sitting right now. And uh, he called me out, and he said this verse over my life. He said, Look to the nations and watch and be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe even if you were told. I didn't know that the Lord would take me to the nations. I didn't know the Lord would do a lot of things in my life. I don't think Peter knew that he would be a fisher of men. I don't think that that um, Nathaniel thought that he would have the opportunity to see the Son of Man ascend into heaven and the heavens open up. I wonder what you don't know that the Lord knows that you have the potential of doing. All if you would come to him and surrender your life. What's really important that we all understand something is that you do have a plan for your life. It's a lot like C.S. Lewis said. But if you were designed by the Lord, there's some things, there's some plans that he has that are greater than your plans. Because you were made with a purpose. You exist at this time in this location for a reason. And we want to see the Holy Spirit fall on you, baptize you, cleanse you, anoint you, and send you on your way to do something great and fulfill the great commission to go into all the world and tell people of the goodness of God that you've experienced. Have you experienced that? Are you going? There's another story that I want to share with you briefly in Scripture. Um, we're going to go over on time today. Shocker. Um, it's a pretty neat story. It's found in Acts chapter 9. And um, as the story would have it, there was a man that was really important to the New Testament. His name was Saul. And uh, after becoming converted into Christ, the Lord completely changed his identity uh, and his name would then become Paul because of the calling on his life and who he would minister to. But Saul loved the Lord in his own eyes. And there were these people that were coming and doing all these things that were terrible. And it was like they were coming against his religion and, and, and the name of his Lord. And so he, he became one of the first people uh, to give orders to sentence a follower of Jesus. Paul gave the orders to kill the first Christian, who is Stephen, in Acts chapter 8. And in that story, uh, all of the clothes were brought to Stephen, and then people picked up rocks, and they threw rocks at Stephen until he died. And the Bible says that as he was being stoned, that the heavens opened, and Stephen looked his eyes up and saw the, the, the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father, and it was like, and he began to pray to the Father like with great joy. Can you imagine what it would be like for Saul, who loved the Lord, to see someone dying in pain with great joy and delight as they looked on their Savior, the lover of their soul, 
the the eyes that Stephen must have had when he contacted the Lord. I mean, it must have just been remarkable to be like, wow, that's authentic there. Well, it was just a few days later that Saul was riding on an assignment to go and round up more Christians that he was converted. And the Bible says that a light shone from heaven and knocked him off his horse. I'm going to take you there in Scripture. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against uh, the disciples of the Lord, he went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way... Christians were known as Christians yet. They were known as followers of the way. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Whether men and women, uh, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? So trembling and astonished, the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. Uh, This is a kind of unique passage here. And uh, in the NKJV, they use the words, is it hard for you to kick against the goats? A goad is a cattle prong. I don't know if you know this. They, it's, a, it's a sharp metal object with points that they use to stick in the butt of a cattle to get it moving in the direction they wanted to go because cows are so stubborn. They're stubborn. So they jam them, and all of a sudden, yikes, all right, I'm moving. And uh, what the Lord is saying about this stubborn used object is uh, that Saul is kicking it. And what that tells me is that the Lord had a perspective of Saul that's quite unique. Saul was doing some things in his life that weren't working. And it was creating frustration for himself. In other words, he kept kicking something that was hurting him. So then stop kicking it, Saul. Just stop. Stop persecuting me. It's only hurting you. I'm going to take Stephen, and he's going to be fine. You're the one that's still suffering. And what I realized is uh, from that moment on, Saul received a new calling. The moment he surrendered and gave up. There are some of us that have seen God use other people. Some of us right here. You've seen the hand of God on some other people, and it was undeniable. And it's also undeniable that some of you are currently being very stubborn in your life. And you're not surrendering to what you know the Lord wants you to do in your life. And it's making things more difficult only for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life if you're willing to surrender to it. And all Paul had to do was stop and follow me. And he became the leader of the known church. I mean, the apostle that wrote 
two-thirds of the New Testament. He, this guy went on to transform the nations and the world. And Christianity is in all these, largely because of the obedience then of Paul, who then had the understanding to just surrender and stop doing what was clearly hurting him. In your life today, will you stop? Will you just begin to seek the Lord? Will you just surrender to the Lord and know that his way is better than your way? Will you begin to ask him, God, what can you do with my life? I'm not done yet, and I want to do great things. You were designed with a plan and a purpose to do something specific for him on this side of eternity that you're going to think about and talk about for the rest of eternity. If our days are numbered, we must make them count. You're going to live forever. Let's use this life to do great things for Jesus. Let's just obey him. But in order to obey him, you got to know who you are and what he's calling you to do. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? With all sincerity and all transparency, I believe that the first thing that God is calling all of us to do is just let him in. Just give up. Just surrender all of your gear at the fishing boat. Just follow your friend to Jesus. Just let the Lord lead you. God, I want what you want. And I'm sorry that I've, I've disobeyed. I've sinned and fallen short of your glory. I have not honored you, Lord. I know that you've told me to do something and I've not done it and I, I'm sorry. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you want to ask the Lord to forgive you as well, would you raise your hand? No one's looking. God bless you. 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 Jesus, we ask that you would forgive us right now. That you would wash us and that you would cleanse us. That you would give us your Holy Spirit. We want to know you. We want to honor you. Teach us to love you more than me. And if you're here today and, uh, and you don't know your purpose, maybe you're stuck in a season where you have felt like you've um, maybe missed the bus and you're waiting longer than you should have and you want God to reveal your purpose. I just want to say a prayer over you because I understand that waiting can be hard. But you're here today and you want God to speak to you. If that's you, would you raise your hand? That's beautiful, man. Jesus, you are the potter and we are the clay. I just want you to have your way. I'll follow if you lead. Teach us to hear your voice and understand. Teach us obedience. 
We just want to obey you, Lord. In Christ Jesus' name. Yikes. Wonderful. All right. Well, this is how we're going to end service today. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, we, If you're new to our church, welcome. We love you. Uh, we do a few things that's really important. You need to understand that God, um, he, he, there's one thing about like coming and gathering in, in church. Like that's cool. But he's called us all to go. And, uh, and so a couple times a year we do this thing. It's an all church outreach. And, uh, and I kind of um, put the pressure on a little bit to make sure that everyone uh, participates. And so this isn't like a, uh, like a sit back and watch and hear the stories. Like I showed you that video because like, man, well, that's great. You guys went. What about me? What about you? Let's do it. We're planning a missions trip this Saturday. Everyone's invited. Um, and so we're going, we're going to do five different mission trips all in one morning and you can pick one of five locations. And so we're going to tell you about them right now. And then on the app right now, we want you to sign up. And after you sign up, we'll send you an email Monday, probably Tuesday of this week, uh, explaining the details of that event that you signed up for. And if you change your mind, you can just sign up again for another one. That sounds better. But I'm going to tell you about a couple of them right now. My man, Brian's coming right now. He's going to tell you about his little group that we're doing. But we have five groups. My group is going uh, to the park right behind the church. We go every Saturday, but this week we're going to have uh, inflatables up, and we're going to feed all the kids, and we're going to have a water war, and then we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to give away some prizes. And so we'll have somewhere between 30 and 60 uh, folks from the neighborhood come out, and it'll be beautiful. All kids are welcome. And it's quite a beautiful thing, but we're just going to love on our community in which we're there every week. Does that make sense? And some of you are going to say, I don't know what to do. I, there's nothing that, we're, that you're going to sign up for that you're going to fully understand. People get upset about it. I need more details. It doesn't work like that. When Peter answered the call of God, you just have to, you have to surrender and know, I don't know what I'm doing. When I got on the plane and went to Guatemala, I... I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that it was going to be a five-hour drive after I got off the plane to go up into the mountains of Guatemala. I wouldn't have gone had I known that. Uh, but uh, Brian, uh, you're doing something cool. Tell me about it. All right, guys. So I'm doing a homeless outreach group um, for a lot of people that are familiar with like the streets in Lakeland, the area of North Massachusetts over there by East Memorial. It's in front of the tax collector's office. There's always like a high volume of homeless people when I'm going through that area. So we're just going to do outreach. We're going to go out there. We're going to talk to them, let them know that they're seen, remind them that they're loved. Um, we're going to have some gift bags that have like water, snacks, like hygiene products, just that way they know that they're loved. We see them, they're not invisible, and we can just spend time with them and get to know people. Awesome, bro. Larry, come here. Uh, so my friend Larry, uh, he's been in our church for about eight months, six months, and uh, he is a fantastic evangelist, and he will teach you evangelism. Tell us what we're doing. You got about a minute okay. or so. We're going to be going to Bonnet Springs Park and doing an outreach there. We're going to be passing out um, Jesus Loves You keychains. And if you've never been to Bonnet Springs Park, it's great for kids. Beautiful. They have a ton of things to do for kids. So we'd like to see young adults, um, grandparents, children, kids um, show up. Um, God will go before us, and the Holy Spirit will lead us in what we need to do. All you have to do is be present. So, Larry, it sounds like we're just basically going witnessing. 
basically that's what we're doing. But I'm not good at that. Yep. So I'm going to share a little testimony with you guys. Um, I'm horrible witness, honestly. Um, a few years ago, Jesus told me, or God told me, you're going to go back to school, and you're going to get a theology degree. And I'm thinking, what? I'm working full-time, 70 hours plus a week. I run a company. How am I going to do this? I don't have the time. I have a young family. You know, what am I going to do? And he says, don't worry about it. So he got me an online Bible college, and I actually completed two and a half years of courses in one year. Wow. Awesome. Then he said, you're going to write a book. And I'm saying, what are you talking about? I don't write. I get C's and D's in English. He said, you're going to write a book. I said, okay, I'll write a book. And I wrote a book, and then COVID hit, and it never got published. And then he told me in um, December of 21, you're going to be in ministry come summer, and you're going to write your second book. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, and you're going to do your second book in a month. And I'm thinking, okay, this can't be possible. Well, let me tell you. Uh, January, my first book was released, international bestseller in one day. Mm. Praise God. Wow. My second book was released um, like March of this that year, 21. And then he put me through a hurricane. I mean, a literal hurricane. I ended up selling my company. Um, a lot of things transpired, but he called me to Lakeland to minister. Mm. And that's why I'm here. I'm going to teach you how to disciple, and it's yeah. really easy. All you have to do is be present. That's great. We're not going to leave you out there hanging. We're going to show you how to do it. Uh, and so he's going to show you how to share your faith, which is probably one of the most important things that you have to learn in your life if you're going to, if you're going to have a job. If you're going to, if you're going to be next to someone and tell them about the Lord, you got to learn. He's going to show you this Saturday. And uh, you can sign up with Larry. He's fantastic about it. Love you, bud. Summer, tell me what we're doing. She loves this. She loves this. <laughs> yes, Lord. That's right. That's yeah, right. I know. Come on, hurry. We we're, got, okay, we're going to uh, restaurants. So we're just going to go in and ask to be seated. You're going to look at your server and say, I'm not eating. Sit down for a second. And they're going to be stunned because we've done this before. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to say, we've been praying for you. And God just now finally put a face to who I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask, do they have a need to be prayed for? Right. And you'll be surprised. They'll break. They won't run. They'll accept. We're going to give them a generous tip, and then we're going to leave. That's awesome. That is the it. church is going to help pay for some of that, most of that tip um, that we're going to give. But random servers just going to show up at a table, and you're going to pray for them and give them a sweet tip. And then you're going to leave. And they're going to be like, that was the easiest table I've ever had. And uh, that'll be great. This will be awesome. Uh, we're also going to go to uh, nursing homes and, uh, and hang out with uh, some of the folks that are elderly and, and locked away. And we're just going to love them. We're gonna have, we have some of the youth that are going to preach and sing and play bingo and maybe the hokey pokey. Who knows? It could get a little crazy. Um, but um, so we've got uh, several different things that we're going to do. They're all on the app. Um, but this isn't something I'm, I'm asking you to do. I'm telling you, listen, the great commandment, the great, the great commission was not the great suggestion. It was, a, it, was a, it was a commandment. He said, go, do this. And so you've got to get better at figuring out how do I get myself uncomfortable and obey the Lord. And so the whole church is going. We'll have about 100 of us. We're all going to wear our black and our new the, This Is The Way shirts. And, uh, and then Sunday we're going to talk about how we make a difference for Jesus. Does that make sense? You still like your pastor? Still a great guy? Cool. Hey, uh, do it.
and, uh, and do it proudly and uh, let God use you to change somebody else's life for an eternity. Father, I pray for your plan and your purpose to be put inside your people. A vision. A vision that's clear to them. It's not from a church. It's not from anyone. It's you and your sons and daughters and what you want to do in their life. I thank you for your calling. I thank you for the high call of God placed on our lives. And I thank you that the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. Lord, all we want is to honor you and make a difference. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, I love you guys. Sign up on the app. See you Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.